We're coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. <laughs> Yoram Gaon. Ach, it's a yom yafeh. 
I uh, understand that it's been uh, pouring in Israel. Baruch Hashem, Gishmei Bracha, it is pouring in New York. And so, why not open with Ach Eziyom Yafeh? Welcome, one and all, to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern Time, 4 PM Israel Time. And we thank you uh, for joining us. You can hear us via podcasts, online, via the Nachum Siegel app, on the Nachum Siegel Network site, NachumSiegel.com, and so many different ways. Um, you can download it onto your iPhone and listen to it on the road. You can call it in, like Mayima does, uh, to our listen lines, 401-347-0100 in New York. Please, by all means, tell all your friends, tell all your relatives, wake the kids, tell everybody about the Israel show. They can listen to it whenever they want and learn some about Israel and enjoy the great music that we prepare here. Um, if you want to reach me, Mayor at NachumSiegel.com, M-E-I-R at NachumSiegel.com, Facebook.com slash The Israel Show is our Facebook page where we post Links to the songs we played and stories that we discussed uh, later on in the show, very soon, probably right after this next song, we are going to share with you an interview that we did with Professor Mordechai Kedar. He is an, a very fascinating person, professor um, at Bar-Ilan University in their uh, Middle Eastern department. He speaks Arabic fluently, and as such, he is often a guest on Arab language television, such as Al Jazeera and BBC Arabic, where he defends Israel and uh, brings Israel's message to the world, to the Arabic-speaking world. And he actually said that, um, not in the interview, but uh, in the discussion, that he gets emails from all over the Arab world, which is uh, rather amazing, from people who say, yes, we agree with you, but we're scared to say so. So stay tuned for that interview coming up very soon. Let's um, have one more song before that. Kaveret Pugi from their live performance in Park Hayakona Tatila Hayai. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
it's uh, we would say a classic Shiba Classics. Pugi, Natati La Chayai from their live performance in Parka Yakon. My name is Mayor Wanga, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Segal Network. Thanks to our newest Facebook likers, Jill, Lewis, Eli, Yehudit, and special thanks to listener Judy, who is spreading the word amongst her friends and asking them to like our page. We thank you for that and for your listenership and your friendship. Thank you, Judy. And we encourage others to do the same, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. And an update, quick update on the situation of Yehuda Glick. You may remember Yehuda is the um, human rights activist who um, has focused on the... Uh, rights of Jews to pray on the Temple Mount and how they don't have such a right and need to have it. He was shot from close range by an Arab terrorist, and uh, most people, including the doctors, felt that he had no chance of living. Uh, Miraculously, he is recovering well. Uh, There's a picture of him today, we'll try and post it later, standing up, greeting Rabbi Lau, the chief rabbi. And um, he's breathing on his own. It is uh, a great, great story of um, his ability to uh, to overcome, and and hopefully he will continue in his important work. Uh, we're going to our interview with Mordechai Kedar. Listen, amongst other things that he talks about, listen for him to discuss the Arabs in Israel that we usually don't hear about, the Druze, D-R-U-Z-E. And the Arameans, not the Armenians, the Arameans, we read about Aram in the Tanakh a lot. The Gemara, of course, is written in Aramit, Aramaic. So listen for that. And um, we'll uh, go to some music and uh, we'll continue with the interview um, interspersed with great musical cuts. Very happy to introduce Professor Mordechai Kedar. He is an expert on Arab affairs, lectures at Barilan University's Department of Arabic and Middle Eastern Studies. He frequently represents Israel on, yes, believe it or not, Al Jazeera and BBC Arabic TV. The Los Angeles Times describes him as, quote, one of the few Arabic-speaking Israeli pundits seen on Arabic satellite channels Defending Israel. Professor Mordechai Kedar, welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My pleasure and my honor. Thank you so much for joining us. While most of the world is focused on the Arabs in Yehuda and Shamron, there, there's another front that Israel needs to deal with. And by that I mean the large Arab population that are Israeli citizens. And they make up, I think, about 20% of the total Israeli population. Uh, most people would argue that Israeli Arabs have a better life than any Arab anywhere else in the Middle East. I think they have it so good that they don't want to be citizens of any possible future Palestinian state. Yet, over the last 10 days or so, there have been violent riots in uh, Arab uh, village of uh, Kafar Kana and other Arab cities where one could see the flags of the PA and Hamas flying. So how do you see the future of the relations between the Israeli-Arab minority and the Jewish majority in the state of Israel? Well, we have to understand that the Arabs in Israel are living between the rock of their loyalty to the Arab world, the Islamic world, and Palestinians on one side, and the hard place of the state, which definitely... Uh, they are not 
willing to depart from the state, especially during the last four years, when the Middle East turns to be a mayhem. They don't look for better place than Israel because there is not a better place in the Middle East. But on the other side, we cannot forget the fact that they are Arabs and they are Muslims and they are loyal to the Palestinian ethos or to the Arab ethos or the Islamic ethos. So they actually have to juggle between uh, being loyal to their uh, framework of uh, Arabs or Palestinians or Muslims on one side and being citizens of this of the state, and they uh, somehow know how to do it. And the problem in, in Farkana uh, are mainly, is mainly because of in Farkana, the vice president or the vice leader of the Islamic movement, Sheikh Kamal Khatib, he lives there in Farkana, and he incites the people there against the state day and night for many years. So no wonder that Farhana, Farhana became uh, the hub or the center of the problems uh, recently. Uh, this Kamal Khatib, like a month ago, stood in Jerusalem in front of cameras without any blinking. He said that Jerusalem should not only be the capital of the Palestinian state, Jerusalem should be the capital of the caliphate. Islamic Caliphate, which will emerge here, means he already talks about the end of Israel, and he's an Israeli citizen, and he can and he can say it, uh, you know, out loud in the streets, and the Israeli democracy uh, can take it. The the problems are not only between Israel and the Arab sector, or the Jewish, I would say, state, or the establishment against the Arab sector. Uh, since, um, let's say, last, last week, the problems infiltrated into the Arab sector by itself. As you know, uh, the Arab sector in Israel is divided to some uh, religions and, state and, and, and sects, like uh, the Druze community and the Muslim community and the Christian community. And there is a tension inside the, the Arabs in Israel to a degree that last Friday, uh, riots bursted out in a place in Abu Snan, not far from Nahariya, in the Israeli north, where Muslims and Druze started to uh, fight each other, fist fight, uh, which one man almost got killed. Uh, what happened there is that the Druze are serving the state. The state. They're serving the army, the state serving the police. And uh, the Muslims usually do not. Uh, we know that behind the scenes, these two communities do not live in peace with each other. Uh, it happened like 10 years ago when a cameraman who then served the, the CNN, named Riyad Ali, a Druze guy, was kidnapped by Palestinians in Gaza. So the Druze community sent a delegate to Arafat those days and told him that if this man is not released within a day, you Palestinians are gonna, gonna, going to have an issue with us, with the Druze. And, and, and Riyad Ali was, was released in less than an hour. <laughs> because uh, they know that when the Druze uh, 
say something, they mean business. It's, it's not uh, it's not Gilad Shalit. It seems that there's it's just, they have Shalit. a different system. Well, right, it's not Gilad Shalit. They are not Jews. They are not they are not like 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 Jews. So uh, the Palestinians, the Muslims, uh, took them seriously. Uh, because they know what they seek. Are Jews? Like I'm sorry. Could you just clarify for the audience? Jews are they a sect of Islam? What 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 are they in relation to Islam? They are a different religion. They are not Muslims. Mm-hmm. They are a sect which uh, left Islam uh, more than thousand years ago, and uh, they are persecuted all over the Middle East. And today, when the when the atmosphere in the Middle East is highly charged by the Islamic State, by, by the Islamic State, the IS, in Iraq and Syria, uh, definitely uh, it projects on the, on the uh, relationships between Muslims all over the region and others who find themselves or think that they are targets for the Muslims if the Muslims uh, become too powerful and loyal to the Islamic State, which happens already in Libya, in Sinai, in, uh, right. in uh, Lebanon. So uh, definitely the, the atmosphere today in the Middle East is highly charged because of the uh, IS, the Islamic State, and the way uh, it uh, treats the minorities by beheadings and by mass killings and by selling men and women in the street as, as, as slaves and so forth. So uh, this is the situation. It's not only between Israel and the Arabs in Israel. It is also between uh, the Muslims and the Rus. Uh, by the way, there is another uh, source of tension recently between the Arabs in Israel and the state is the recognition of the state uh, in the Aramaic community here in Israel. There are Christians... Aramians? Aramians, right. Uh-huh. It's ancient uh, nation. And, like Arami Like Arami exactly. They, their language in the churches are Aramaic. Like what, like what we say in the Kaddish. The same language they use. And they, they have communities in, in these countries, like in Lebanon and in Syria. So in Israel today also, Within the Christians, Arab Christians, there is a trend uh, to declare themselves as Aramaic in order not to be associated with Arabs. They remain loyal to Christianity and loyal to their heritage, especially their linguistic heritage of fair using. Look, they say to each other, Tzafra Tava, every morning. Which like is, like uh, in the Gemara, like the language that the Gemara right, uses. Right, right, yes. exactly. How, like many, how many are there? How many Aramians are there in the world? Uh, what? They talk about hundreds of thousands.
Beautiful new music, brand new, from Hadas Kleinman and Aviv Becher. The name of that one is Bayamim Shiavru Aleinu from the album Me'at Pashtut. My name is May Wang and you're tuned to the Israel Shon Danachman Siegel Network. We will get right back to our interview with uh, Professor Mordechai Kedar. want to remind you that his website, Mordechai Kedar, M-O-R-D-E-C-H-A-I-K-E-D-A-R.com, has lots of information. He has a YouTube page, which uh, just Google it and you will find uh, lots of information about Mordechai Kedar. But the YouTube channel, I'm sorry, he has a YouTube channel, I should say, with amazing videos of his appearances on Arab television, Al Jazeera, BBC, Arabic, and others. Um, a few of those videos have English subtitles, and uh, it is really amazing to see how he uh, responds to the... Um, Arab media directly and um, forcefully in their own language. Uh, he is available. He will be in the New York area for the Shabbat of February 2021, Rosh Chodesh Adar, that Friday. And um, if you are interested in booking him to speak at your synagogue or other group, you can email him at the following address, kedar, K-E-D-A-R dot tour, T-O-U-R at gmail dot Com. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Mayor Weingarten. We're very happy to have with us 
Mordechai Kedar, professor at Barlan University's Department of Arabic and Middle East Studies, a frequent guest on Al Jazeera and BBC Arabic TV representing Israel's point of view in the Arab-speaking media. With your permission, yes. I, I want to just shift subjects to another very current topic and point out that today is the 20th Yortzeit of Harav Shlomo Gorin, Zecher Tzedek yes. Livracha. And my question is about Har Habayit. Will it be possible at any time in the near future that uh, Motagur's famous words, Har Habayit Biadenu, will be true? Or was there a window of opportunity in 1967 that is lost now for the foreseeable future? How do you see that situation? First of all, uh, I myself heard from two different sources that the reason that Moshe Dayan, in, right after the Six-Day War in 1967, gave the, gave the wax uh, the keys, means the permission to run the place, the, the Temple Mount, was that he had an understanding with them, with the Muslims, with the Muslim Council, that they will let him dig in the Temple Mount. As you know, he was an he was a, a antiquity thief. Yes. He dug illegally in many places in the country, and he took out antiquities. And uh, at home, he had a whole collection, a whole museum uh, of things which he stole from uh, an archaeological sites. So uh, he, he uh, according to the stories which I heard from people who knew him personally, he uh, wanted to be friends with the, uh, with the wax uh, of those who run the Temple Mount, so they let him dig in the Temple Mount and find whatever he can find. And definitely they, there are many things which were not found yet in the ground of the Temple Mount. So uh, this is the source of all evil uh, in, in, in those days. Uh, recently we had some kind of a status quo, which says that Jews are entering the Temple Mount. They are not allowed to pray. Uh, you know, it's the only place in the world where Jews are denied the right to pray. I can pray wherever I like, but not on the Temple Mount. Was that and, part uh, of the arrangement that Moshe Dayan made with the Waqf at the time, that Jews would not be allowed to pray? No, in those days, in 1967, 8, 9, uh, Jews were praying on the Mount, especially guards, uh, who happened to be... Uh, so they were praying, you know, Shachas, right. on the Temple Mount, and nobody said a book. Uh, only recently, I would say, the last uh, 15 years, the wax became emboldened uh, by all kinds of Israelis who came and said, hey guys, you can do whatever you like. So, you know, from the Israeli left. And uh, they became, they started to to give a hard time to Jews who came uh, who came to the to the mount. So uh, it's a combination of the way they look at it because the Muslims do not see any right of Jews to the Temple Mount. On the contrary, they are afraid the Jews will go back to the Temple because they might build it again. And uh, the whole uh, thing about uh, 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 Judaism will come back to life because Islam, according to its own view, came to the world in the 7th century to replace Judaism and Christianity. And here, those Jews are coming back to their country, occupy part of it in 1948, 
and um, occupy another part in 1967, including Jerusalem. What will be now? They will definitely uh, try to build the temple, the third temple, as they did already twice. So it seems that the uh, Arabs have more bitachon in the building of the temple than the Jews have. <laughs> yes, because uh, because this is what, in their view, uh, praying in, 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 in Harabai for them it, it, it is viewed as uh, holding uh, some kind of uh, belief that Judaism is a valid religion, which they don't believe. Uh, according according to their to their idea, ideology, Islam came to the world to replace Judaism and Christianity, and they cannot fathom uh, the fact that Jews came to the city, because if Jews try again to build their temple, uh, uh, what will be with Islam? Because this will show that Judaism is alive and kicking, and it's a valid uh, uh, religion. So, uh, uh, this is the, this is a theologic threat yeah. on Islam, who came, which came to the world to replace right. Judaism. Well, the Vatican had the same problem, uh, but somehow they dealt with it. Yes, with the years they succeeded to deal with this, but the Muslims are still, uh, uh, you know, sharp and uh, they know what they what they want and they don't want to get uh, others angry. With your permission. Yeah, I'm sorry. And today, Israel will do anything in order to bring uh, peace and uh, stability to the Temple Mount because Israel, Israel is afraid that they will take advantage of it.
As we continue with uh, our goal of bringing you the best, newest Israeli music that some of the Hanafshi just released, that's Rona Kainan with the uh, Mizmor School of Music singing the traditional some of the Hanafshi. It is a Chabad Nigan, very well-known, beautiful rendition of that. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network, and the Israel Show is... Sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. They had a huge event yesterday in New York, Impact Event it's called, and it is uh, going to take place tonight in Los Angeles. So if you're in that area, please do take a look at uh, the website and um, click on the Impact link and get all the details. Nefesh Benefesh is an amazing organization. I can't believe that... Um, Nobody invented it earlier than just the last decade. They provide Olim with assistance. They make Aliyah easier. They make the Aliyah of each person more successful, or I would even say as successful as can possibly be envisioned. They give needs-based financial aid. They supply you with employment resources. They help you navigate the government bureaucracies. And they've even cut back down on a lot of the government bureaucracies that you need to navigate. Their charter flights are legendary, 
and uh, they have made Aliyah an in thing for Jews in America. So please do visit their website, www.nbnnefesh.org.il, nbn.org.il. We, The Israel Show, are proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. You are tuned to The Israel Show, heard on the Nachum Siegel Network, and heard on Arutz Sheva English Radio as well. Simulcast. Welcome one and all. Um, we are going to go back to our interview with Professor Morachai Kedar. It's the last part of uh, our interview with him. On the Nachum Siegel Network, my name is Mayor Weingarten. We're very happy to have with us Professor Mordechai Kedar of Barilan University's Department of Arabic and Middle East Studies, an expert on Arab affairs. With your permission, one more question? As many as you want. Okay, one more. Um, I had heard you say um, in several of your interviews that one of the problems we have is that we use our Western mindset to try and understand Middle Eastern thinking. What is the most important thing that we misunderstand about the Middle Eastern thinking? I would say two things. One is the group thinking which uh, characterizes the tribe. And since every Arab is part of his family, an extended family and a tribe, in many cases people think from from the prism of the tribe, not their own. And if you don't take the tribe in account, the tribe will blow up in your face. And this is uh, uh, in, very, in, in very in very short one one side of the problem of the Middle East. The other side is religion. While in the West, religion should not be any variable which uh, uh, people should take in account. Yet, uh, when it comes to to uh, uh, the Middle East, when it comes to the Middle East. Religion plays a, a major role because, first of all, you are defined by being Muslim or not. If you are Christian, you are not one of us. If you are Jew, forget about it. So, so here, all of a sudden, religion and the sect, of course, also if you are Shi or Sunni, uh, definitely it makes a big difference. And unfortunately, Westerners do not understand it. They always come, come and try to whitewash over the problems. And by a very, very uh, thin uh, cover of solution, which never can survive when the currents, the undercurrents are too uh, vicious and too powerful and tear this cover. And then this is the problem. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not easy to come to a, to a region and start engineering it according to the American uh, scheme. It doesn't work. Are we also guilty of that? Is the state of Israel? Uh, look, we tried in 1982 to reshape Lebanon. A new order in Lebanon. We definitely failed because uh, we think in a different way. So since then we don't uh, try to engineer our neighbors. And in dealing with the Arab whether it's with the Hamas in Aza or others, are we guilty also of trying to, of misunderstanding their way of thinking? Uh, I wouldn't say I, I, we are guilty. I would say that once in a while, Israeli officials show that they are rather ignorant 
when it comes to the culture which uh, surrounds us and uh, to correspond with it. Mordechai Kedar, thank you so much for joining us here on The Israel Show. We appreciate your time and your expertise. My pleasure and my honor. Ben Chitrit with a cover of Yonatan Razel's Katonti. That's so off of the Israeli television version of the program, the reality show called The Voice. Here it's called The Voice. There I believe it's called Da Voice. Uh, my name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My, my very special thank you to Professor Mordechai Kedar of Barilan University for joining us, giving us of his time and expertise to discuss the situation of uh, the uh, Arabs in the state of Israel and other issues that are related to it. Professor Kedar comes to the states on occasion to lecture, and uh, he will—he is planning to be 
in the United States for Shabbat, February 20th, 21st, Rosh Chodesh Adar. Um, if you are interested in having him lecture as scholar in residence for the Shabbat, you can send him an email, kedar, K-E-D-A-R dot tour, T-O-U-R at gmail.com, kedar dot tour at gmail.com. His website is mordechaikedarnikuda.com, mordechaikedar.com. We'll post those uh, links and the email address on our Facebook page. He has a great YouTube channel as well. It's worth looking at. Um, go into YouTube and just do a search for Mordechai Kedar. Uh, we just saw that Yishai Rebo released literally just now a new song and uh, not going to have time to prepare it for this week. We'll have it for you next week. Looking forward to it. Really love Yishai Rebo's material. Next week also, I hope to uh, discuss a little bit of the Shemitah halachic controversy that uh, takes place in Israel every seven years. <laughs> and um, it's heating up this year as the... Uh, Mo'etzer Chachmea Torah of Shas, the rabbis that are now leading Shas after the um, the death of Rav Avadi Yosef a year ago, took out an ad in, of all places, Yated Ne'eman, saying that they negate the Heter Mechira, while uh, I think that everybody knows that Rav Avadi Yosef was a staunch supporter of the Heter Mechira. It's just one year after his death and his successors seem to be walking away from parts of his major halachic um, um, decisions. So hopefully we'll discuss that at greater length next week. Next week, I believe, is the second anniversary of uh, the Israel Show being the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network, and uh, very proud of that. Hope that you will join us. Um, today is the Yortzeit, the 20th Yortzeit of Harav Shlomo Goren Zatzal. And um, we've spoken about him on the show. And, uh, of course, every year on Yom Yerushalayim, we speak about Rav Goren. And we play the amazing clips of his arrival together with the first troops in 1967 to Har Habayi, to the Kotel. And um, if people would have listened to Rav Goren right after the war in 1967, we would not today have an issue with the Arabs about Tfilah and Har Habayit. Hashem gave us this amazing gift of Har Habayit and Chavchet Iyar. Rav Goren was one of the few he was not only in the forefront of the fighters, he was in the forefront of understanding that as Jews, this was a gift from God and we needed to do something with it rather than just give it over to the Arabs, which is, we are suffering from that decision, that decision that was made by Moshe Dayan and approved by the government of Israel soon after the 1967 War of Gorin lobbied strongly, but unfortunately, he was the chaplain in the army, he was the chief chaplain, he was general, and he was, he had to abide by the orders of the Minister of Defense, who was Moshe Dayan at the time. Rav Goren had set up weekly tefillah on the areas of Harabayat that one may enter, 
Rav Garin was the one who sent the engineering corps to measure Har Habayit carefully with all the modern technological equipment. It was the first time in his zechut. It was the first time that we got very precise measurements of Harabayit, and we could use that to understand better where on Harabayit the Mikdash was, where on Harabayit one is today permitted to go and where not. And Rav Goran set up weekly tefillah on Harabayit. But unfortunately, this was, you have to remember, Chavchet was just before Shavuot. He had advertised that on Tisha B'Av, which was um, several weeks later, there would be a mass aliyah regel, how appropriate on Tisha B'Av to daven at Harabayit with a Sefer Torah, with laning to daven mincha. And uh, Moshe Dayan heard about it and ordered him to uh, to cancel it. And he refused the order to cancel it, but he was told that if he refuses the order, he will be fired. And he understood that that would leave him with nothing, and so he agreed not to cancel it, but to postpone it, which I guess was a um, diplomatic way of getting out of it, but unfortunately, uh, it was postponed and never never re, uh, reenacted. And so uh, we are today in a situation where a Jew can pray anywhere in the world, except at his holiest site on Har Habayit. So we remember today on the 20th Yort site, Rav Shlomo Goren Zecher Tzadik Levracha, tremendous Talmud Chacham, a tremendous spirit who I think is part of the story of the rebirth of the state of Israel.
with Millionim here on the uh, Israel Show, the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to close out with um, another rain song. That's what uh, is appropriate, I think, for the current uh, weather situation both here and in Israel. This one is called Geshem Geshem. It's a kid's song. It's very cute. Avner Strauss and Dindin Aviv. The uh, first part of it says, Imagine what would happen if rain, instead of falling from above to the below... Uh, would would rise from below to the above, then what would we do? We wouldn't be able to use umbrellas. <laughs> Very cute song. Geshem Geshem will close out. Uh, but first, we will thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. We got one during the show as well. Uh, thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. My very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Keep it tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network all day for the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday following JM and the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.
Yeah, yeah. 